ברוכים הבואים בשם השם בירכנוכם ואת השם Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shear כותיימתו יוד שבט יונישמס רוזלין בס אז'ניסים לחוכנה Coming up on the Shlishim, 30 days, which will be on Tubashvat. Manadabe, Manasadik, what's there to talk, what's there to say, you want to, to, to rectify, to, <coughs> to correct. First of all, Hashem lived for life set, set up Bonum Bene Bonum Eskimatera Children Shlichas Grandchildren Shlichas doing the right thing making her happy and in her words until Mashiach will come and may that be Today, right now, I'm in Today is Yud Shvat, the tenth day of the month of Shvat, which marks the yard site of the previous Rebbe, but also marks more importantly for Der Hashvi, for the seventh generation, the beginning of the Nesius of the Rebbe. The question is, how do we mark a timeline on the beginning of the Nesius? Who are we to say, to talk, to judge? A handful of the stories surfaced during wartime with the Rebbe in France or elsewhere. where the Rebbe <coughs> was able to bring and take his Kedusha, his Holiness, and enact it as the Rebbe tells the stories in the Maimur of Basilegani, of all the Rabbeim, of their enactments of Abbas Yisrael, of Yerushalayim. The fact that the Rebbe would go visit an orphanage in France every day, 
and tell the children stories, bring them tzukalach. Never war orphans. I had no idea where they were going to be, what they're going to do tomorrow. The Rebbe would come and give them chizuk, teach them tera. Nobody stood up for him when he walked in. Nobody gave him a title. He actually had a French title. Monsieur. Everybody knew Monsieur was here. And this one knew that I can cry to Monsieur. This one knew I can get a candy from Monsieur. This one knew Monsieur is going to take me on his lap and tell the story to all of us. This one knew, everybody knew Monsieur. Did anyone at that time realize the Kedusha of this person, the holiness of this person? Of course not. These are children. Even more so, did they have an inkling of the time that the Rebbe was giving them, what the time really, the value of that time really was? Definitely not. When the Rebbe traveled upstate to see the camps, Munaga Yisrael, it was an entourage. It took a while. The roads weren't where they are today. <laughs> Actually, <coughs> it took the same time probably, because today you have everybody doing it. So all the traffic makes it makes the same time that it took the Rebbe to get up the sun, side roads and everything to get to camps. The Rebbe didn't stop learning. The Rebbe had Svarim with him, was sitting and learning the whole time. But months later, someone had come into Yechidus to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe said, I just caught up with that time. We know, and we're taught, time is a commodity, comes and goes. We can't make up for time, for lost time. If there was a moment that passed you by and you weren't studying Torah, doing mitzvahs, that moment will not repeat itself in your lifetime. Therefore, for us, to catch up and to make up what we missed. But for a person to sit in despair and say, oh no, I wasted that time, oh no, I lost those minutes, oh no, I lost those hours, it's fruitless. As a matter of fact, all you're doing is wasting another few minutes and hours. If Chas we have such a scenario... We take, seize the moment, and take it the way it needs to be, Excuse me, make it what it needs to be made, do what we're supposed to be doing, study what we're supposed to study, daven what we're supposed to daven, put down your phone, and do what you're supposed to.
This year is the 72nd year of the Rebbe's Nasius. The Rebbe's, our Rebbe now for 72 years, Tafshin Yud, technically speaking, the Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe was Nastalik, Friedrich Rebbe passed away, and Nastalik is also a lesson of lifting, going away. We don't have a moment without sunshine. If the sun goes down, the sun sets, the sun rises somewhere else. And therefore, although physically the previous Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe, was nostalgic, and there was a Levaya, and Klal Yisrael mourned, and the Rebbe would not take on the mantle till a year later, officially, But in essence, we were not without a Rebbe for a minute. Hence, 72 years. It's a long time in Jews' life, in anyone's life. 72 years. Everything we need to see how Ashkach HaPratis fits into it, how Divine Providence fits in. Why do people keep mentioning 72 years? My Nafkimina, what's the difference? 72 years, 22 years, 5 years, what's the difference? What is the significance of the number? 72 is a life lesson for each and every one of us. One of the numerical values of the word seventy-two, of the number seventy-two, is hakol toiv. All is good. Hakol is hey chof lamid. Hey is five. Chof is twenty. Is twenty-five. Lamid is thirty. Is fifty-five. And toiv we know is gematria seventeen. Fifty-five and seventeen are seventy-two. Hakoel Taif. It's all good. We look around and there's total disarray in the world. We look around and we're surrounded by what we'd almost think is, is an evil world out to get us. A virus that's flying around rampant and hasn't slowed down keeps picking up speed is not contained to one area, one one neighborhood it's worldwide literally <coughs> and all the misdeeds that people accidentally or purposely or whatever was happened and done and we wonder is this how the world is supposed to exist this is what the world is supposed to look like this is what the world is supposed to be 
tells us the number 72, it's all good. There are thousands of yeshiva bachrim that came now to Crown Heights for the day of Yudshvat. It's the bachrim's yomtiv. And we say, it's bitl teira. They're wasting time from teira study. What are they doing here? But you go in 770, you see all the teira of Alaveda, the bachrim sitting and learning, and davening, sedaftzayin, We are 72 years the Rebbe's Nasius. We are many decades past Gimel Tammuz. Oh, but the Rebbe leapt. The Rebbe is alive within each and every one of us and more so within his Hasidim than the rest of the world, but the rest of the world as well. They're putting out books now, post-Gimel Tammuz stories people that had gone to the oil, to Davin, or wherever it might have been. I would like to then throw in also Chaim Mushka Bas Miriam, who's going through surgery as we speak. May she be sent to a full speedy recovery. This kasha on the burner, and people are calling off the hooks to get kasha for Shabbos. So we ask and we plea and we plead with Hashem to send the Refuas and the Yeshuas to already bring about the miracle of Tchiyas HaMesim of the revival of the dead so that we could all dance together to Yerushalayim in HaKadosh Mehedev Yameinu this Shabbos Ad Mosai Till when? How long must we carry on? How long are we expected to be able to hold up the mantle? But yet, we see life hakel teiv. It is all good. We need to persevere. We need to forge ahead. We ask that the teiras layomush mipicho pizarachem pizerazaracho should not leave nor our mouths the children or our grandchildren or any of our future generations. We are seeing this come into fruition. We are seeing this happening before our very eyes. What would technically be called a Daryasim, a generation of orphans. We are watching this evolve in front of our very eyes. We need to strengthen on this day our hiskashus to the Rebbe. Our connection and connecting ourselves to the Rebbe. We spoke 30 days ago about the 30 days preparation for Yud Shvat. It's no less today relevant.
And whether you're learning Kuntur Sumayin, whether you're learning Samachvav, Ayin Beis, it doesn't matter. Whether you're just learning Tanya. A chassid needs to find themselves connected to the Rebbe. Chassid is supposed to go to the Eil today, or yesterday, or tomorrow. Sometimes it's difficult, we can't just find ourselves there. Send a pan. Either write a letter and send it with somebody. <coughs> Modern technology, you can email, you can fax a letter to the Rebbe. Fax a letter saying, I want to be Mekusha to the Rebbe. Mekusha? Bound? Tied? Connected? I've told the other half of the story when we said... (laughs) about Monsieur. When the Rebbe was sitting already in 770 as Rebbe, in those days, this is pre-internet, pre, I mean, even the newspapers were, who had, who read newspapers, who bought newspapers. So everybody knew there was a Lubavitcher Rebbe, a new Lubavitcher Rebbe. Not everybody knew what he looked like. One such person was a man who lived in Williamsburg. I don't know what chassid he was of whom. But he heard about Lubavitcher Rebbe and he had an issue that he needed to take care of, a bracha he wanted. He went, I don't know if he was shopping Rebbe's or not for a bracha. But he got, he secured a yechidus with the Rebbe. Now, at the time, <laughs> we really thought that the Gaboyim, the secretariats, had uh, the power or the potential or the whatever you want to call it. Welcome, Atlanta. Atlanta here. Okay. Um, to arrange a Yechidus, if we wanted a Yechidus and we wanted to go privately to the Rebbe, they would be able to arrange it for you. And if you, some people thought if they, as you say in America, smeared the wheels, you got your, your foot in the door. So maybe if I give the Gabe more money, he'll get me into Yechidus. If you're a true chassid, you realize and know and acknowledge it. If you don't didn't acknowledge then, acknowledge today. The Rebbe did not see anyone he didn't want to see. <coughs> As a matter of fact, the story surfaced again this month of Shabbos, and it circulates for years on end, obviously, of a Bachar, a Russian Bachar that became a Balchuvah, and at his, as at his wedding, the Bachram were dancing, and there was a guy, the man, sitting on the, sitting on the side. 
Someone walked over to him and said to him, Why aren't you dancing? This is a chemist. He says, Are you not related? Are you not family? Are you not? He says, I'm the father of the chasen. The father of the chasen, come dance quickly. Bring a mashkir, bring a. He says, No, 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 no. Karasha, Pajasta, leave me please. Why don't you want to dance to your son? He thought maybe he wasn't happy, he became Bolshev and everything. He says, I'll tell you the truth. My son became a chassan. I was extremely happy for him. I wanted to do something or give him a gift that would last forever with him. I wanted to do something beyond supernatural. Unfortunately, I was born in the former Soviet Union and I hadn't had a bris. Many years ago, I went to the Babich Rebbe for a dollar. On a Sunday, my friends went, I went. And the Rebbe asked me if I had a bris. I said no. The Rebbe practically took back the dollar and said to me, when you have a bris, I'll give you a dollar. The Bach immediately took out of his pocket I could be, I mixed up the story a little bit. I think he gave him the dollar first and then he told him the story. Regardless, he told him he had a bris. That's what it was. He told him he had a bris. So he says, you had a bris yesterday? That's so powerful. That's your gift to your son. He said, I have to give you something. And he took out a dollar from the Rebbe that he had and he gave it to the guy. And he told him the story that the Rebbe told me, as long as I don't have a bris, he's not giving me a dollar. When I have a bris, he'll give me a dollar. And here I am. I had the bris and the Rebbe kept his word. But that's not the story I was telling. <laughs> this fellow in Williamsburg wanted to go into Yechidus to the Rebbe. And as I said, if the Rebbe didn't want you in Yechidus, you didn't have an appointment. You didn't go. So everyone that went into Yechidus, the Rebbe wanted him there. And lo and behold, he comes into Yechidus, Mind you, he did not know what the Rebbe looked like. He walks into Yechidus and he sees the Rebbe and he says, Monsieur! Monsieur! The Rebbe called him by his name. And he said, and he realized, the Rebbe called him by his name, he realized this was Monsieur. In his wildest dreams, did he ever imagine Monsieur that came to the orphanage and Monsieur that brought Tzukalach took time of his life for these children took time of his busy learning schedule for these children. This is Hiskashus. Understanding who we're connecting to. Understanding 
that we need to not we need to go out on a limb and try to connect. We need to delve into this <coughs> process of connecting we need to daven that we have the schus that we have the merit to be connected and that of course would be when the Rebbe wants us to be connected unless Mandapalga there's nothing to talk about there's no disputing the Rebbe wants us connected. When we connect to the source, nothing is wrong. It's Hakel Tev. It's all good. The parasha begins by Hibishalach Pare. Yeah, we have to go about parasha also here. Pare sends the Jews free. Pursues them after regret sending them, etc. They cross the Yamsuf, they have the miracle of the splitting of the Red Sea, the Reed Sea. <coughs> and all that transpires. At this point in time, without internet, without anything else, everybody knew who the Jewish nation was. Because Chazal tell us that as soon as the, the sea split, every water throughout the world split. So much so they say that if they had a cup of water in front of them, the water split too. And everybody knew this was done, a miracle that was done for the Jewish nation. And then, the Pasha comes to the last nine Pesukim of the Pasha. And the Pasha tells us a story. Vayovoy Amalek. Amalek arrived. Amalek came. And they came to stage war with the Jews. Rashi and every commentary explains that the Jews were the hottest commodity. They were the hottest thing on, on, on earth at the moment. And Amalek knew that they would get burnt, it's like jumping into a boiling pot of water. But each person that jumps in cools it off a little bit, and therefore, they were looking to cool the Jews off a little bit. And ultimately, our Amalek, the Amalek is Gematria, again, Gematria is, Amalek is the Gematria, Suffolk, doubt. When a person doubts what they're doing, has a doubt if they're doing the right thing. If nichnas bahem ruach shtus, the, the spirit of folly enters into them, that takes a person apart. It takes it dissects a person. A person who was stabilizing their lives, pulling themselves together, finding direction, feeling that life took a turn for the better feeling that it's now up everything's going up now there's no more down 
So one technically should just seize the moment and say, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. And I've gotten here, I've reached this. I've climbed, I toiled to climb this mountain and I've reached the zenith of the mountain, the high point. But, I remember when I was in the valley. Oi, what happened to me in the valley? Oi, how painful was the valley. But Tatli, Mamali, you're not in the valley any longer. You have now reached the top. And there's so much more to go up. Although you're on the top of the mountain. There's still so much so much more to succeed at. <clears throat> so much more that you could do. So much more that could be done for you. In the valley, the air was a little tough sometimes. It was thick. It was humid. It was heavy. You could sometimes cut it with a knife. But now, up on the mountain, the air is crisp, the air is fresh, the air is clear. Ah! I've reached the top of the mountain. This is where I am now. Embrace it. Take it all in. Take out your cell phone and scan panoramic view of the entire surrounding take it all around you bring in all the pictures bring in all these memories look where you are now Hakoil Toiv we are 72 years into the Nesias of Kveit Kedushas Adineinu Merenu Verabeinu Shlita 72 years into the leadership of our Rebbe. Rabbi, you know you said Shlita, which means he's still alive. Kinderlach, Vayichontu. Yes, we saw Leviah, yes, people go to the ale. We all go to the ale. Yes, we can't give the Rebbe Elias right now. But achim vei, for when one second you think that chas v'shalom, the Rebbe is not here with us. Achim vei chas v'shalom, if you think the Rebbe is not in your life. If your iskashus in any which way, form, or fashion wavers chas v'shalom. what are we if we do that? What are we living for? Hakel Taiv. The Rebbe, his shepherd, does not forsake his flock, nor does the Rebbe forsake us. We are the Rebbe is there for us, for brachis, for continued support, and ultimately to be Nizkala as Melech HaMashiach. As we said before, Vayavay Amalek, Amalek came along and they came to stage war. 
So what does Moshe do? Moshe turns to Yeshua, his faithful servant, and says, "Bechar lanu anashim, gather people, tzeilachim b'amalek, and go battle the Amalek." So the question is asked, why Yeshua? Because he came from the tribe of Yosef. Why was it that Yosef needed to battle Amalek out of all the tribes? Who did Amalek attack? Necheshalim Acharecho. Stragglers who were behind, the weak ones. Because of their sins, they lacked in strength. And therefore, the clouds rejected them. But Klal Yisrael, at large, the generation, the whole nation, was enveloped in a cloud. Amali couldn't attack them, couldn't get near them. So we could think, therefore, we don't need to send people out of the cloud for the people that wouldn't, couldn't keep themselves in the cloud. Out of the cloud is a place that is dangerous spiritually and physically. And where are we going? We're going to save people that got themselves ejected, that got themselves spat out. We learn from Yosef that's not the situation. His name Yosef is because he got the name Yosef Hashem Li Benacher. Hashem added to me another son. And it's explained. What is the inner meaning of this? The essence of Yosef was to do and to make me'acher from someone else. To make them a bane. Someone who looks like they are outcast, looks like they are not part of us, looks like they are trying to deflect us in any which way, form or fashion, and be in denial of who they are and their identity and not identify with Klal Yisrael and to take that person and bring him back as a bane, as a child of the Kaddish Baruch and it should be where does the bane come in? bane is banim atem l'ashem alikeichem we are all sons of God. And therefore, here too, we are sons of God. And therefore, Mesha commands Yeshua Dafka. Why Yeshua? Because Yeshua is from Shevet Yosef. He is from the tribe which needed, which went out of their way to reach out to bring in Yidin under the fold, into the fold.
And therefore, they went out of the cloud to go fight for the people that were spat out by the cloud. And they recognized that to bring them the Yesh Hashem Bikirbenu, my eyes are always there, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm always amongst you for your needs and for everything that you need. And this way they would too would be recognized as children of Hashem. So Yosef had a great influence on the Jewish nation. And we had said before, so much so, that Yosef agreed that his bones stay in Mitzrayim until the Jews leave. This was a source of strength, a source of support that Yosef HaTzadik offered to Klal Yisrael to make sure that although they are in Golas, they will always know that he's there with them and he's going to go out with them to Israel. Although it turns out that there's much turmoil and whatever they went through in Egypt, you want to go to Kavi Yasef, you probably go through the same thing. Or worse. So Tara tells us in the beginning of our Pasha when the Yidin left Egypt, they brought with them the Arain of Yosef, his coffin. Meisha himself took the bones of Yosef with him. This coffin of Yosef, being referred to as the Atzmeis Yosef, the bones and the Torah ironic not ironically but the Torah in consistence says and uses the same wording as Yosef when he made the Bnei Yisrael swear made them swear and promise to guarantee him that they would take his bones out of this place Atzmus. He uses and now Yikachmesh is Atzmus. Isn't a way to form? Why the bones of Yosef? And not Arain, Arainish Yosef. It's not a nice way to put it when you're making reference to the essence and the glory of Yosef. We bring his bones with us in a sack, lunch bag. Bringing up the Arayn Yosef, coffin, the glory. Taylor goes out of its way and uses the word both, when Yosef makes them promise, and when Yosef, they take him out, referring to him as Atzmus Yosef. What is that telling us? What is our message hearing Atzmis instead of the essence? 
Perhaps we could say that the word atzmeis is to tell us about the atzmius, his entire essence. Just as his atzmis were there, strength, in full strength, and in full power, as is the strength of a person, or anyone that's alive, so too the bones of Yosef, showed about the Atzmiyusi, his essence, his full potential. The main thing of Yosef Atzadik, to take his whole essence, his Atzmius, his Atzmiyusav of Yosef, Meisha took the Mahus and Atmos of Yosef to go to help them in their journey, in their tedious journey through the desert. What is the essence of Yosef, as we said before? What is hinted in his name? Because we know, if you keep in score at home, Gemara and Yuma, Pegimo Bebez, talks about, Emea says, there's something in the name of a person. We also know from the Magid, calling a person by their name. Also, in Tanya, Sharich, Vemuna, Perikalif, the names that were given to certain, to everything, every creation was given a name what it was worth, what its value is. So as we said that Yosef was Yosef the Benacher. Not just a regular son, but the Benacher. As we said, he turned over everyone to do the bidding of Hashem. That's therefore the essence of Yosef, as we said. Yeshua was chosen to go out and to battle because of this very reason. To show us that all those people that were Nebuch Nichshal, that all those people that were Nebuch tripped up in their Yiddishkeit, they'd be straightened, they'd be right, righted and picked up by Yosef HaTzadik and Yosef's descendants. They come to the Yamsuf and there's the water in front of them and the desert to the right and to the left and the Egyptians behind them and the Tsar of Egypt is on top of them and the Eden start to cry out. And Moshe starts to daven. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to him, Mati Why are you screaming to me, David Obenei Sovi? So, Speak to the Jews. 
Stop the screaming and speak. Speak to the Jews and let them go forward. Let them go on to their journey. Balaturim is very powerful here. Balaturim says, Hagash Baruch doesn't say to him, Stop screaming. She says, Why are you screaming? What's the word ma? So, since this shear is so in, full of gematrias, we're going to a gematria of ma. Mem is 40, hay is 5. HaKadosh Baruch says, Moshe, my dear servant, in the near future, you're going to daven for 40 days and 40 nights for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Also, when your sister Miriam is going to speak and she will be put outside the machina, outside the camp, because she will be mitzeras. You're going to say, Ono, Kel, No, Refono, Lo. Five words. You're going to say the five words asking that she be healed. Kel, No, sorry, not Ono. Kel, No, before no law. So that's the hey. The shortest prayer is that prayer that you pray for your sister, and the longest is the 40 days and 40 nights. Don't stand here now and involve yourself in these prayers of this type. Not the 40 day one and not the five word one. So, journey. Move on. Forge ahead. Don't sit and bask. Don't sit and lament. Don't sit and cry. Forge ahead with your Avedis Hashem. With your service to God. Make the most of who you are and what you are. Don't cry and bemoan being damaged, Hashem, or being this or being that. Look and say, I forgive and forget, and I move on, and I'm now a better person for it. But even did they saw the Mitzrayim, they saw everybody being chased, they were very confused, and they called out to God. Why? HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm taking you to Israel, I'm taking you to the promised land. What more do they need? You saw the greatest miracle now that you walked out of Egypt. No slave ever escaped from Egypt. You didn't escape, you walked out. The dogs stood there quietly, the frightening dogs that used to frighten the slaves back in. So what's your problem? Move on. You have a guarantee... Take it and ride. So it's either or. Either if you believe in my guarantee, you have no reason to doubt Because there's no doubt that Akash Baruch will keep his promise and save you from the Egyptians. 
if you have doubts, why pray to him? <laughs> We've told the horrible, horrible story of the fellow that fell off the cliff and was holding on to a branch and looking down at a 10,000 foot drop. And he calls out, God Almighty, please save me. I believe in you, I have faith in you. And he hears the heavenly voice, and the Baruch says to him, do you believe in me? He says, I believe in you. You have complete faith in me, I have complete faith in you. HaKadosh Baruch says, leave go of the branch. And he looks down at the 10,000 foot drop, and he looks back up to heaven, and he says, anybody else up there can help me? What are you davening to Hashem for, if you feel Hashem's not going to keep His word anyway? <coughs> this Moshe answers, on this question, I'm sorry, Rashi answers. Rashi says, Vayitaku. And he explains that at that moment, the Yidin, Tafsu Umdei Savaisam. They looked at their forefathers and said, Our forefathers would do in this situation, they would daven. And this is where we get the whole concept of praying to God. This fact, this talent, or whatever you want to call it, is ingrained in the Jew. This makes this is their standard way. They know it or they don't know it. Just like our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, would daven to Hashem for every little thing, every step of the way of their lives. This is what tefillah is all about. This is what davening and praying to God is all about. And again, as we said last week, <coughs> it's not relevant. Necessarily exactly what you're saying, It's how you're saying it. It's the source of where what you're saying is coming from. And by knowing, and by believing, and by understanding... This is what makes a person succeed. And therefore it's not just that praying in the time of need, in the time when they have to have it. It's a natural thing. A Jew pours their heart out to God to prayer. This is what their prayer was all about, their cry of Bnei Yisrael. When they saw the Egyptians upon them, and again, the Tate is telling us what actually did happen physically in this world, but spiritually what is our lesson? When we see that Egyptian chasing us, that cloud of smoke, that pain of our past chasing us, we need to turn to God and pray that this all 
dissipates. Not goes back into the hole. Not gets back into a a place where I can hide it, I can suppress it, but rather dissipates entirely. No matter what the situation is, no matter what, when we pray to God and we say, Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, help me from those that are hounding me, those that are chasing me, whether it's the physical, whether it's the spiritual, whether it's something that's in my past that's blowing me up, or whether it's something in my present that doesn't leave me, let, let me live. We daven HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please spare me from all this pain. This was the essence of their prayer. The cry of the Bnei Yisrael when they saw the Egyptians descending upon them. It was natural. A natural reaction to say, Ouch! Help! They definitely believed in the salvation of God. And they had complete faith that He would save them and bring them to Israel like He promised. But that very moment... They felt they needed to get closer to God. And how did their forefathers get closer to God? Well, they davened. But still in all, after this, they turned around and started again complaining. Were there not enough graves in Egypt that you took us here to die in the desert? So it seems that these words as well did not come from lack of faith in God. But rather the actual nature of a person. When a person is in a time of need, when a person is up against the wall, when a person is over-anxious, they tend to lash out sometimes and say words that don't necessarily belong coming out of their mouths. If you keep me scored on the Yomar Baba Basra, the Zayin Amit Beis, 16, side 2. Where the Yomar says, Ein Adam Nitvas Bishas Sarei. When a person's in pain, don't Latch on over there. Because he's going to say things that are not exactly complimentary. And therefore it's a clear-cut thing that the time B'nai Yisrael were now calling out, crying out, they believed in God. Even when they said, were there not enough graves in Egypt? They also were using the power of their forefathers, the power of prayer. So we could learn, therefore, from this, how a Jew needs to daven, and needs to learn Teda, and the prayers that they, they, they make, and the learning that they do, and that they involve themselves in, needs to be in a way of umanis, our facht, our, this is our tools, our constant involvement which means to say 
not enough to just learn it in order to know the subject matter or the halacha. Not enough to just pray because that's what we need to do three times a day. But rather the learning and the prayer needs to be from a place that we recognize the essence of Avedis Hashem. And therefore also now when we go out into the world we need to see to influence those around us to bring Jews that are not unfortunately right now with the right place and see to bring them closer to God even when it's not recognizable to them and they don't understand and they don't grasp even the slightest of Yiddishkeit the slightest part of godliness even to those Jews we have to see to it that we reach out and that we give them and we devote we get them to devote and that is because words that come out of the heart enter and penetrate the heart and by us living the best that we can do and to reveal what's hidden all the hidden sparks within us and reveal them to show to God and to show to our fellow Jew so too we will ultimately affect and have an effect on others and by doing so we will bring them around and make them too a maimin b'ashem, a believer in God and is all that he wants and thereby we will merit to Hashem Yelochem Lochem Vatem Tacharishun God will go out and battle for us and we will sit quiet my granddaughter the other day told her physical therapist when she told her to do something she says you do I watch she's not even three but she knows how to tell her that and therefore, no matter what level we're at, if you know Aleph, you teach somebody Aleph. If they don't know Aleph. If you know Aleph and Bez and somebody only knows Aleph, you teach them Aleph and Bez. Our job is to go out there and to see to it to be the Yasefs. And as we know, the Rebbe's name is Yasef Yitzchak, the Friedrich Rebbe. And on his day of his Talkus, and the day that we start and we develop this Kashus to the Rebbe, Melech HaMashiach, and we develop discussions, and we say, Rebbe, enough is enough, Dalai Golos, to go to Gula Mitz Vashlema Yedem Mashiach Tzidkenu, this very Shabbos, Bekarev, Mamish, 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 the Shabbos to all, and a good Yom Tif.